0: And I'm never prepared for like the intros for this podcast. Um, well,
1: you don't have to do anything special for mine, you can just say, like, <laughs> Let's just start, <laughs> let's get into it.
0: I've thought about like, uh, like Nerdist used to, um, when it started, they he just like would press record and then they'd they'd be chatting like pre show and then he'd he'd like start the oh, podcast cool. that way and then people would be like oh are you recording he's like yeah we don't mind
1: (laughs) i (laughs) kind of like that it's just like you're comfortable and you're already talking and it's like you know
0: right yeah i like to do that with interviews too like if i'm filming somebody like i'll turn the camera on and then start talking to them as if i haven't and then be like all right now like we're ready and it sometimes (laughs) works (laughs) sometimes it doesn't um all right let's do this Social life is the Terran show. The Terran Show. Don't ask if he's single, you already know. Cause it's a Terran show. A simple name. For a simple guy with a simple face. It's a Terran Show. oh Hello everyone, and welcome to the Terran Show. I've brought another great friend of mine to the podcast. Today I have Melissa Denny with me. How you doing, Melissa?
1: Well, I, as I have told you, I'm very nervous for this. Um, and also, I apologize in advance if this is the least watched episode or least listened to episode of The Darren Show so far, um, because, you know, it's me and I'm a normal. So
0: <laughs> a normal. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, you do watch Big Brother live feeds and podcast about it. I don't know how normal that. OK, fine. I'm you. a total
1: weirdo, I guess. <laughs> I'll accept it.
0: <laughs> I think of the people that I talk to on podcasts at the very least, you are probably somebody that people know the least about. So I feel like they're going to be like, who is Melissa Denny? We want to find out.
1: <laughs> that is true. That is true. People don't really know a lot about me. And know a lot of people didn't watch OTT and then didn't watch uh, BB Can 5. And now they're like watching BB 19. And they're like, wait a second. Who's this girl? Where did she come from? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have gotten to some of those comments like, wait a minute, where... Where's Jor, where's Jordan and where who's this who's this girl? <laughs> there
1: was one YouTube video that got co- a bunch of comments on it, like all in a row, that were like, "Who are these people?" So it wasn't even like just me. It was they didn't know you, they didn't know Rob, they didn't know. It's like, how did you find yourself on this channel? <laughs>
0: yeah. I, why are, like, what what do you think you're watching? Right yeah, now?
1: seriously, <laughs> it's like, uh, okay.
0: Well, there have been a lot of very, very great supporters of the Terran show who have been leaving some reviews on iTunes. Uh, as I mentioned, we we hit the uh, the TV and film charts a little while ago, uh, and uh, it's just been incredible. They, they're still coming in. I got a, I got a really good one that I wanted to read for everyone, uh, but it's it, it was titled "Irresponsible and Concerning," and I was like, "Uh oh, what have I done?" <laughs> <laughs> I love Rob Sestern, you know, and all things Rob has a podcast related, but this is an irresponsible decision to give Taryn his own show. As a member of the human race, I find it concerning that a robot is being allowed to interview other humans to find out their histories and backgrounds. This was his plan all along. Terran's entire existence revolves around watching people mingle in a household, watching people display impressive physical strength and dexterity on obstacle courses. And now we're giving him him a direct line to the human psyche. This is madness. Knowledge is power. And when Mr. Robot Terran rises up and overthrows the human race with his army of sentient androids, I will blame Rob Sestrin, you know. And you all should too
1: that is amazing five stars <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing
0: yes um and accurate you know
1: well you know yeah yeah maybe i should not do this interview i'm a little nervous
0: <laughs> well it's too late now yeah i guess I it too
1: late trapped there's no yep. getting out of it now
0: mm. it's it's funny because like i can joke about it and we can all laugh and then like secretly i'm like well it's, it's all true Heck.
1: you're like yeah laugh all you want you humans exactly (laughs) you'll regret this later
0: (laughs) the hubris (laughs) the human hubris um okay so uh for anyone that doesn't know melissa denny if you are one of these people that is like who is this person you're talking to taryn who is also a person i don't know i don't even know why i'm listening to the (laughs) the taryn show uh then uh melissa denny is a fellow live feed correspondent for arab has a podcast we talk about Big brother. um, And she is the most recent addition to the live feed correspondence. She won her way into the group uh, through the So You Think You Can podcast competition that we held. You can say now that you are a champion.
1: Yeah, you know, I guess that's true. Um, You know, which, by the way, I did not know I was getting myself into So You Think You Can podcast (laughs) when I submitted a little audition tape. So that's just as an FYI, we were not informed. Oh, we'll get into it. <laughs> that that was what we would be doing until it was too late essentially
0: yes um okay <laughs> So Melissa is with me here. And uh, like I said, I feel like not a lot of people know a whole lot about you. You know, you are the most recent addition to the live feed correspondence. So uh, I thought this was a great chance to get to know the real Melissa. Um, and so the first thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, you know, you talk about your mom a lot on the podcast because she is your window into the casual fan opinion. Um, so tell me about your <laughs> mom. What is she like? Do you, have you had a close relationship with her?
1: Oh yeah. My mom is my best friend. Uh, A lot of people don't say that ever, but you know, she really is. Um, We're, we're super, super, super close. And people tend to say that we're basically kind of the same person. (laughs) Um, And her name is Jeannie and she's, she's really the best. She, um, she's also a lawyer. Uh, and you know, she's, just always been there for me. And I, I literally talk to her on the phone every single day. It's kind of concerning. Like, people are like, you talk to your mom every day? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And I tell her everything. I tell her everything. And, um, you know, she watches the podcast, um, not religiously, unfortunately, I think it's a little too much for her. because She's more of just a casual fan. So she really doesn't, you know, I mean, I tell her what's going on. But she doesn't watch the live feeds, so um, yeah, she's no. I mean, she's amazing. My whole family is is just just the best. Um, it's my dad, my mom, and my brother and me. And my brother is um, he's twenty. Oh, geez, like twenty three. He's younger than me. Yeah, I, um, I have no problems as well. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it's so bad at it. It's so embarrassing. I should know. I mean, I know his birth year. Mm-hmm. Like, I could tell you his birthday, but I, I. Just the age thing. Even my own age. Yeah, I'm getting to the point where like I forget my own age.
0: I I will. I some people will occasionally like Brent asked me when I had Brent on the podcast. He was how old are you, Taryn? I'm like, I like immediately I was able to be like I'm 25. But then I was like, wait a minute, am I 20? <laughs> like, am I really did 25? I say this,
1: the wrong. Is that thing? the age I am? Since when? Yeah, I always start like for some reason I always say I'm a year older than I am. Accidentally, <laughs> But I guess maybe because like I've mentally prepared myself like you're getting really old. <laughs> You know, you should be ready for the next stage. It's coming up pretty quick. And so then I kind of just like jump into that accidentally. But um, yeah, so anyway, back to the point at hand, my brother, my younger brother, um, he's great. My dad, Joe, um, my younger brother's name is Michael. Um, they we're we're just super close. We've always been really close. We like when I was in high school, I would have preferred to just like hang out with my family than to go out with friends, which is, like, so embarrassing for me to say. But it's true. It's totally true. We just, like, have a lot of fun together. And, you know, it's it's pretty pretty great. <laughs> Although now it's kind of tough because um, I'm out in L.A. and my brother's out in L.A. and my parents are both in Colorado.
0: Did you grow up in Colorado?
1: Um, that's kind of a complicated uh, <laughs> question, I guess, a little, because I was born in L.A., um and I lived in LA until I was 12 and then moved to Colorado um for my dad's job and so then I was in Colorado for like my formative like high school years and then came back to LA for um college at UCLA then went to my first year of law school in New York then went to my second and third year of law school back in LA at USC um so yeah I've been kind of all over the place I've been coast to coast and in the middle
0: well it must have been kind of crazy to to move sort of almost across the country you know at at such a young age what was that like
1: It was um it was pretty crazy. It was not great because um, I was moving during middle school, mm-hmm. uh, which like is legitimately I think like it can all be said. Everyone would agree that middle school is about the worst time in anyone's life because yeah. everyone is the worst in middle school <laughs> and everyone looks the worst in middle school. And if you look the best in middle school, then I feel sorry <laughs> for you because you will end up looking the worst later. So
0: nobody wants to see pictures of me in middle school.
1: I'm just, no I'm one just wants saying. to see pictures of me either. Oh my God, it's bad. I didn't have anything like that crazy, but it was like, I didn't know how to dress because like at my old school in LA, um, we wore uniforms. And so on the weekends, basically my mom picked out my clothes on the weekends because it was like, whatever, I'm just going to wear a uniform anyway during the week. So my mom had been picking out like, you know, bright pink overall shorts <laughs> with like matching t-shirt. It was like, I mean, they were very comfortable and my mom will kill me for even talking (laughs) remotely bad about those items because she still brings those overalls up today and she still says like, don't you remember those great overalls (laughs) I got you? (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, they were very comfy. And she's like, but they were so cute. And I was like, maybe
0: (laughs) (laughs) to some people, a a, a little bit people.
1: (laughs) And so like I um. When I moved, I was like, mom, we're gonna buy a whole new wardrobe that all the cool kids in LA wear. (laughs) And so I picked out all these clothes that I thought were gonna be like the coolest clothes ever because I would seen some kids in LA wearing them. And I get to Colorado and the kids in Colorado were not wearing those clothes at all. So it was um, (laughs) a culture shock, I guess. I mean, it shouldn't have been a culture shock, but to me, to middle school me, it was a very big culture shock. Um, and it was like a sad time, but, um, you know, after that in in high school, high school was great. Loved high school. Um, I was one of the, uh, I went through the whole, like the phases of everything, you know? So yes. I started off like a, like a skater kind of <sighs> kid and then I was emo and then I was seen and then I was, you know, indie and then I was hipster and it was just like, I just went through the phases. Um, so yeah, that was kind of an interesting time as well. But it was really fun. So I was very into MySpace.
0: Oh, of course. As
1: as I feel like everyone in 2000, uh, what, like 2005, 2006 was. Did
0: you have like um, a song that played as soon as it popped up?
1: <laughs> I did. No. So, okay. I would like carefully yeah. curate my MySpace page. Of I would be like, I can, o- I'm going to put this background. Like I learned HTML so I could <laughs> have like an amazing MySpace page. It was, it's, it's not... It it was a really fun time, but it was also like looking back on it like a totally embarrassing time. But at the time, it was great.
0: I'm pretty sure I had um, "Seize the Day" by Avenged Sevenfold as like oh my the thing god, that started I used playing. to listen
1: to Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> oh my god, I um yeah like my first one. So so my first one was when uh like emo was just starting. So I had um. Hawthorne Heights, okay, as my as my song, <laughs> I mean of that changed very quickly, and I put other stuff on there, but for a while that was what was that one? Uh, Ohio was for lovers, or whatever it was. I don't remember the song, yeah, but um yeah, that was. Oh, God, I don't even know why I'm saying all this stuff, but um, (laughs) I like try and keep this a secret, you know,
0: I remember, too, because I remember like, uh, not like learning HTML, but I remember like trying to understand how the code worked, because you take those quizzes and that you could like show the results on your MySpace page. Yeah, I remember one of them was like an IQ test. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna take an IQ test. And I got like, (laughs) you know, I I I got a very good score. But I was like, this is not. The genius level that it needs to be so what i did was i like hacked into the code and i, oh I changed god. the number to like 170 and i was like i'm oh. a genius everyone you lo and behold
1: everyone's <laughs> like wow and you can't change that look it's on myspace yeah it must be real
0: <laughs> uh- <laughs> oh
1: my god yeah so That's so ridiculous
0: MySpace. okay so so you you i mean you came into colorado as as like the la girl was that like Did they they all see you as like
1: uh, that's you know that I went into it thinking like they'd see (laughs) me as like the L.A. girl, like the cool girl or whatever. And that is not how they saw me at all, which (laughs) was kind of a surprise to me because like my mom and I, we were talking before like my first day and she was like, you're from L.A. Like people are going to love that. They're going to be asking about like Hollywood and like. LA and LA is cool to people. It's California and nobody cared. (laughs) Uh, Nobody cared at all. And (laughs) it was just, it was not great for a while. Not great. But, um, you know, Colorado is great. Colorado is awesome. I love Colorado in the future. I would totally be down to go back there and live because it's, It's so great. It's so beautiful and it's fun to have the seasons and like the people are great and it's not so crowded. There's really I mean, there's traffic, but there's not traffic traffic like there is in L.A. So, you know, I love Colorado and and I would go back. Have you ever been?
0: I haven't actually. I, I want to because uh, I as I, uh, I do the American Ninja Warrior podcast and um, the Wolfpack Ninjas who have been very kind to our podcast and have come on the podcast, they host the um, the Wolfpack Ninja tour there. And I was thinking about going at one point. And I w- you should would totally like to go. go. Yeah,
1: you should go. It's great. It's so fun. I can tell you where to go.
0: Well, awesome. All right. Um, yeah. And uh, American Injury has taught me that Colorado is the land of the climbers, that like everybody just rock climbs there. Is that true?
1: Yeah, people. Oh, my God. When I thought that I was going to be going to law school out in Colorado, because for a brief period of time, I thought I was. I was looking on Craigslist for apartments and like the big selling point for apartments was indoor rock wall inside your apartment. <laughs> Like they had like, a so climbing cool. wall. They legitimately would put climbing walls up on the, on the apartment walls. And I was like, so surprised that that was like a thing, but you know, that's, that's Colorado for you, I guess. I never was into that sort of thing. I mean, like I was never into skiing or snowboarding or whatever, because I feel like, cause I was, I lived in LA for so long and that's about like during that period of time in your life is like when you should be learning those things mm-hmm. because then it's like you're a kid who cares if you suck it's it's fun it's fine everyone giggles about it but then when you're you know in high school or in college or whatever and you're trying to learn how to ski or snowboard and you're like falling down and it's embarrassing and you're like not not on the bunny slopes anymore you have to go on like the real slopes and embarrass yourself it's not a great time to <laughs> learn so i kind of it kind of passed me by so i've been a couple times but it's yeah, that's the first question anyone asks about, like, once I tell them I'm from Colorado, they're like, oh, my God, do you ski? Do you snowboard? And I'm like, no. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you into any kind of like sports or physical activity? <laughs> or were I don't you know just like say a Physical
1: activity? Couch potato. No, <laughs> pretty much couch potato. No, um, I... When I was younger, I used to play soccer. I was really into it. And then when I moved, it was like I couldn't really find a league to join. So that sucked. But um, I also in college learned how to skateboard and like longboard. And I was really into that for a while. Um, So, yeah, that I can I can longboard. I can longboard So you truly
0: became a skater.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, my uh, my little uh, skater girl persona in high school was just a facade. I was a total poser. I didn't know how to skate at all. I just wore the little the giant Etnies shoes. (laughs) <laughs> and like wore D.C. shirts and stuff.
0: <laughs> were you a, were you a good student?
1: Um, yeah, I was. a Yes, I was a good student when I was in elementary school. I was a good student when I was in middle school. I was a good student when I was in high school. Um, I got good grades, but I just didn't really want to put in a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would do my homework in each of my classes so I wouldn't have to do it. Yes. That night. so like they would give me an assignment in one class and then the next class I'd just be like doing that assignment and not paying attention to this class and then I'd go to the next class and to be doing that assignment so I mean I got like decent grades but I have no idea how I got into UCLA because I mean my test scores were good my test scores were good and I think it's because I had like acting um and so they were like okay because they asked me another they told me to submit another essay about my acting and so I'm I'm positive that that's the only thing that got me in because it was definitely not my gpa
0: (laughs) well tell me about your acting
1: um i have been acting since i was like five years old um and when i was five i was i wanted i my mom signed me up to be an annie like a kid's production of annie okay and um i got the part of annie but i told my mom i didn't want it (laughs) i was like mom i don't want to be annie i want to be the dog So I only wanted to be the dog. (laughs) I know, I know. I was like, I just want to be the dog. Like, I want to be, like, the talking dog. And there is no talking dog in Annie. So (laughs) uh, my mom was like, please, will you please just try and be Annie? Just try it, please. And I was like, "Uh, fine, I guess I'll be Annie. And so I did it. And after that, I just, I was in shows for a long time. And then I started doing you know, little bits of like commercials and stuff and um, voiceover work and, you know, all that until I got my SAG card. Um, And then I still did some theater and stuff. But uh, yeah. And like, I mean, honestly, I wanted to be an actress for a really long time. I really did. And that's what I thought I was going to do with my life. And I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, even when I went to law school, I wanted to be an actress. When I went to law school, law was essentially just like a really expensive backup plan for me. (laughs) Yeah. Like that was just my plan is like, I'm going to be an actress and I was like doing stuff. It's not like I was it was like a pipe dream where I'm sitting there like I'm going to be an actress, but really wasn't trying anything for it. I legitimately wanted to be an actress. I just couldn't I couldn't figure out a way to get into it because I would get agents and they wouldn't send me out on auditions like I would get like two auditions for like in like two months and it was kind of like okay how am I not getting auditions and every time the agents that I was with and I went with multiple agencies and they'd be like it's just a really slow time for us it's just a really slow time I don't know what it is and I just wasn't going out on auditions and there reaches a point in time when you kind of have to ask yourself like are you the kind of person who is content to just like be a waitress or be a you know a bartender or whatever be someone who is like just doing these small like jobs to support a dream and are you willing to sacrifice everything for this dream is it that important to you and i don't know i kind of just like realized that like not really like i thought it was important to me but i want like safety and security with money yeah i don't want to have to worry about that i want to like be able to not spend every dollar that I earn on like headshots or acting classes or whatever. And, and, you know, some people just don't make it. So I had to think about it and be like, would I make it? Would I do? Are they looking for someone like me? Do I have something special to offer? And I was like, no, i as sad as that is. Like, it's just like, it's sad for me to say that. But that's just how I felt. And I was like, I'm not. I'm not going to be that person to make it. I'm not, I don't have the connections. I don't have like something really super quirky about me and I'm not like model beautiful. So I kind of was just like, it's not going to happen for me. Melissa, give up the dream, let it die and just figure something else out that will give you fulfillment in life. And I haven't figured that out yet, but I'm working on it. And, you know, I, at this point in time, my life is just, to be happy like to just do things that make me happy at the time and just like you know live every, like think about the things that are making me happy day to day and that's kind of what it is i don't really have that big overarching goal anymore like i used to
0: yeah well wh- when was it that you decided to to kind of stop trying to to be an actress
1: literally like <laughs> Like a year ago, <laughs> maybe like it really was not that long ago. Um, and like my brother is an actor. He, he, but he's like, he's willing to do everything for it. Mm-hmm. Like he's willing, he's like working as a waiter now. And he's like, I don't care if I have to eat ramen. Like I want to do it. And good for him. I mean, I'm, I'm proud that he's willing to do that. I just like, <laughs> i it's sad to say, but I want like money. <laughs> I want to be able to just like, Go on a vacation if I want. I want to be able to, you know, buy a new outfit if I want to or whatever. And so, yeah, it's it's kind of sad, but like I mean, it's being realistic as well.
0: Yeah. Well, so I don't know. It it was was acting like your passion, or was it something that like had just been something that you'd always liked to do, and so you always figured that it would be the thing that you did, and then you kind of realized maybe maybe that wasn't the right decision.
1: It was my passion for sure, but. I also thought, I think also selfishly, I was like, I was like, I want, I want to be remembered in life. You know, like, I don't want to just live and then die and then have nobody remember me. Like I wanted to like put something in the world that like could last forever. And that's so like, it's so stupid to say that. (laughs) It's so selfish, but like, that was what I was thinking. And I was like, plus like, you know, it'd be nice to like have people know who I am and, and stuff like that. And like, because also I thought like you know I'm a, I'm the kind of person that like who who would hate me I'm so you know a, you know whatever I don't know I just felt like. <laughs> yes thank you I'm so inoffensive that's what I thought and then like uh like reality check after doing the podcast like uh, everybody hates me apparently like I am very hateable I had no idea how hateable I was until until doing this podcast and now like like I'm kind of glad that like I didn't try and pursue uh acting anymore because uh I don't think I can take the hate like I can't take the hate, especially not in a grand scale as like a famous person.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny. I think I had like the opposite thing where I really expected to be completely hated. And then so <laughs> my expectations going in uh, were like uh, not met. So I was like, oh, people don't hate me as much as I thought they were going to. So I,
1: <laughs> I wish I had gone in with that attitude. I really did. I wish I had gone in with that attitude because like I, I, I didn't think I didn't expect people to love me by any means. I just thought that like I'm not. I'm not offensive. Like I'm not like outrageous or I don't know. I don't think that I'm that hateable. I'm (laughs) never like it's honestly one of those situations where like I I was shocked to see the lengths that people will go to to be mean, to just be mean. I mean, now people are a lot nicer to me, I think. But during the So You Think You Can podcast thing like that was tough. Yeah, that was like real tough. And also even after, like, especially after I won, that was the hardest.
0: Well, to be fair, you did win. So you weren't that hateful.
1: Apparently nobody <laughs> nobody thinks I should have. I don't know. Well, they
0: I think the the silent majority voted for you. So, uh
1: That's yeah. That's what I have to tell myself. It's like the silent majority is there. Yes. They're backing me up. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Who knows at this point? Well, but yeah. Uh, so,
0: um so how is that how has it been since sort of decide like is it weird having lived your life your entire life thinking you're going to be an actress and now all of a sudden like it doesn't seem like that. Like, what was that moment for you that all of a sudden like your future just changed, right? Did your perception of who you were change at that point?
1: Kind of, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was It was like a really, the whole, my first year of law school was like real tough. Not because school was hard. Like law school actually was surprisingly like pretty easy. At least for me, I don't know. Like I I did well, really well. Not really well, I guess. That's kind of an exaggeration. I did well. <laughs> Um, well enough to transfer at least to USC. So that was good. Um, so the schoolwork wasn't hard. It was really just like, I was in New York and I was alone. I just felt so alone. I felt so alone and I was depressed. I was depressed for sure. I have, I think I legitimately had like depression. Like I was not, it wasn't just like, I was sad. Like I, I honestly thought like, what is the point? What is the point of life? Like I had all these like existential thoughts that were just so horrible. And I cried every day.
0: Well, what brought you there?
1: Uh, I think the fact that I was starting to realize that that. I don't know. I was like, what am I doing here? Like what my whole point in life was like to be an actress. And now I'm in law school. And like, why? It was really like my thing was like, why am I doing this? Like, I have no idea why I'm doing this except for my parents were in law school and I just wanted to postpone being in the real world or my parents were lawyers and I wanted to postpone being in the real world for as long as possible. So I was like three more years of school, okay. Um, And I just felt really lonely. I felt so alone in New York. I didn't have any, I came out there, I had friends. Yeah, I I had friends, but I just still felt alone. And I felt like I was all by myself and I would just cry all the time. I'd cry all the time. And I, but no, I don't think anybody knew that. Like none of my friends, nobody it was always just in my room. I'd just be really sad. And I also think it really was just like, I just kept telling myself like, once I'm out of New York, I will be happy again. Once I'm out of New York, I'll be happy again. Once I'm out of New York, I'll be happy again. Mm-hmm. And I left New York and went to went back to uh, Denver for the summer and then went back to LA when I transferred and I was happy again. I just feel like I, I felt I, I was alone. I think that that was the main thing. And then also, you know, I- I have, um, like it's a bowel disease sort of thing. Uh, so I have, um, ulcerative colitis. It's a, just a, a condition that's where your, um, your colon is like inflamed all the time and it sucks. It super sucks. And I'm going to spare you all the gory details of it. Cause it's just totally disgusting. But you can look it up online on Google if you want. But so I have a condition. And that was the time when it was at the absolute worst. And it was painful, very painful, totally debilitating. You know, you can't really leave the house. I mean, I did anyway. But like, you, you're not really supposed to. It's just, it's awful. It's so bad. And it's also like, totally embarrassing. It's like such an embarrassing condition. And so I, didn't tell anyone. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my roommates. I didn't tell anyone. Um, and I just thought that maybe if I ignored it, it would go away. I didn't know what I had. I just did like online research and I was like, okay, like maybe if I just ignore this and pretend like it's not there, it won't, it won't be there anymore, which is totally stupid. But, um, yeah, so I didn't tell anybody until the next, like until like at least like two years, three years into my condition, maybe. And then I finally told someone, I was like, yeah, I should probably get help. I should probably go see a doctor, and I did. And um, thank God I did, because now I can actually like, live my life. I'm not like crying in pain. Um, and also I'm not worried about embarrassing things um, anymore. I am not gonna get into details. But- <laughs>
0: this is, this isn't Brent's interview yeah, where right? you would describe it in extensive detail yeah no i'm not detail. going to describe in extensive
1: detail but you can look it up online and you can see for yourself um but uh yeah so i finally got help for that and when i got back to when i was in la and he like my doctor totally saved my life um cuz now i'm like i'm in remission i'm i'm fine i mean it never is going to go going to go away but i and i take pills like i take a ton of pills every day but um a lot of people can't take pills and they have to uh, get surgery, and they have to get stuff to replace. they have to get a like a colostomy um, bag put in instead of like they have to get their colon taken out. Mm-hmm. and I'm so glad I don't have to do that. I'm so glad, oh my God. Um, and so I'm very, very, very fortunate that like my condition is basically fine now. I'm essentially normal. Um, and I've started taking less and less pills, so I'm really like very hopeful. Uh, but yeah, so at the time it was just in its peak and I was just, it was just not a great time for me. And I'm so glad I, I got out of there and I, I kind of blame New York a lot for it. New York is so dark, but you know, it's dark and grimy and lonely and it's, cold you know, too. it's very cold. Yeah. It is very cold out there. And okay. To top it off. I was out there for hurricane Sandy. Oof. So I was like, oh, great. All of this is all at once. The universe is sending me a sign.
0: Well, I I mean, I can imagine how like not only being out there on your own and not really knowing what you were going to do with the rest of your life, but having this this condition that you hadn't told anyone about, like it must mm -hmm. have felt so isolating. Had, Had you even talked to your mom about it or?
1: No, I didn't tell anyone until I and I don't know why. Like, I feel like I tell my mom everything, but that is the one thing I didn't tell her. I didn't tell anybody because I was just so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed by it that I didn't tell anyone. And I just, I, I don't know. I, it's weird to think back on it now. Cause like nowadays, like I tell everybody, like my friends and stuff, and I don't tell them what it is or what it does or what it causes me to do. But I do tell them that I do have a condition and they're totally understanding. But for a while, like I just kept it a secret from everybody, from everybody. And you know, that's kind of an idiotic thing to do. If you have a condition out there, anyone who's listening, like go get help, go tell a doctor. I don't know. It really, I really should have done it way sooner because I, I, I could have been cured. Well, not cured, but I could have been in remission a long time ago. And I wish I had done that.
0: Well, you must have, you must have felt like, I mean, you said like you kind of just hoped it would go away and you must, you must, it must have felt like, this thing that you were just like, please, please, I I just try, I want to ignore it. I like, I don't want anyone to know. I just want it to not exist. That must've felt terrifying. Every time it like flared up, it must've been like, no, Mm -hmm. like I can, I can imagine how you got to such a dark place.
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely a tough time. Like it was, yeah, it was not, not great, not great at all, but I'm just so glad that I've come out the other side and I have not felt that way in a very, very, very long time. So I'm, I'm very happy. I don't feel that way. But being surrounded by like my family really helped. So I moved back to Colorado for the summer. And it just like it felt like a huge weight had been lifted off of me. And so yeah, it, it was it was tough for sure. It was not. It was not easy. I really never thought that I was going to be someone who would ever I never really understood depression. I was always like, well, that's never going to be me. Like, I'm never going to feel that way. Why would I ever feel that way? It's not it's not me, but you totally can feel that way. Everybody can feel that way. Anybody, you know, it's it, it's not just a select group of people. So yeah, that was a tough time for sure.
0: Did Did you immediately feel like you were free to talk about it as soon as you moved away from New York? Like it was a new start kind of?
1: I had talked about my depression with my mom for like a, for a, a long time while I was in New York too. Like I I told her everything that I was feeling and she was a huge comfort to me. Like she would send me care packages. It was really sweet. She'd send me the, the care packages of like, all of my favorite foods and like a little stuffed bear or whatever that said like, we love you. And like, it was just really sweet. I, they like, honestly, it was so great. And my dad was like, he does insurance adjusting now. So he was out there, um, for the, like he does like catastrophe, uh, adjusting. And he was out there for hurricane Sandy at the time. And so it was so nice because I just remember it was my birthday and I was going to be by myself, I was going to be alone on my birthday, like, kind of of my own accord, just because like, I could have put something together with people. But I just like, I don't know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I don't know, I I was just so depressed. And my dad was like, you know what, I'm in New Jersey, I'm going to come out for your birthday. And to this day, it was one of the best birthdays I ever had. I, I had such a good time with my dad, we spent the whole day together. And it was such like, a different feel than I had been feeling for months at that point, just to have my dad there and to just be able to spend a great day exploring the city and doing fun things and, you know, going to a nice dinner and seeing the Natural History Museum. I don't know. It was just it was such a great such a great birthday. And it just goes to show how important family can be.
0: Yeah. Well, have have, has he always been like a source of of comfort for you?
1: Yeah, but my mom is more my mom's more of the comfort. My dad is more of uh, the funny guy so we yeah. always watch tv shows together like in high school and even now when i go back home we stay up to like 3 a.m watching funny tv shows together like we just watch like it's always sunny in philadelphia or we watch curb your enthusiasm or arrested development we watch all those shows it's so fun he's like the funny guy of the family for sure or at least he thinks of himself as the funny guy <laughs> yeah yeah
0: Well, it's a dad humor
1: yeah oh definitely like yeah my family like we're like super close and we've, I mean, we've been through our fair share of stuff. My family has never, I mean, so, okay. Our first house was in Northridge, California. And we, we were there for the Northridge earthquake of 1994. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it was like one of the biggest earthquakes in like the U S for like a long time. There's been like, not really anything to compare it to. It was like a six point, magnitude maybe higher i don't wow. remember and the epicenter was um about a mile from our house and our whole house was destroyed i remember the whole thing um we like just my room was just shaking our whole house shook it split apart there were giant holes in it the whole front of our house was brick fa- like a brick facade and of course like it all toppled down so we couldn't get out the door it was a very scary night it was very wow. scary we like My mom, like, she comes into my room and she picks me up and I'm like four years old. So she's like, I'm like, mom, what's happening? Because my bed had flown all the way across the room. And she was like, and all the drawers had like, fallen outside of my, in the hallway. So she couldn't get to my room and she was like fighting to get to my room. And finally she gets to me and she picks me up and I'm like, mom, what's going on? And she's like, "Wee! isn't this fun? Isn't this great? It's this a ride. And I was like, this isn't a ride. <laughs> <laughs> and we like just, it was, it was really kind of crazy. We just, uh, the whole house like just got completely destroyed. And we, uh, we had like 10 cats at the time and a dog and everyone survived. Luckily. Um, and we just went, my dad had, we'd like go through the window because the whole front of the house had just fallen down and we just sat on the curb. We just sat on the curb, like all night, essentially like our neighbors had an RV. And so we went and stayed in their, in their RV for a few hours. And like as the sun's coming up. It was, it was so intense. It was crazy. Our house was condemned and you know, we had to go stay in, we lived in a hotel for like a few, few weeks, a few months. I don't know. We lived we lived in a hotel for a while and um and then you know the worst part is is that after our house got destroyed um like looters came in and stole all of our stuff. Oh man. They stole my mom's wedding china, they stole her guitar, they stole everything. It's like really kick us all well our down, well down, you know? That's not cool. So after that we moved from house to house to house. We only stayed in, we stayed in houses for like a few months each time. And that was like I and the whole time my mom and dad, they would try and make it so I didn't know that this wasn't, like, normal. Like, yeah. they tried to keep everything normal for me. So my mom even told me that every time they went to a new house, they would make, they'd set my room up first. So that way, I would have my room, even though the rest of the house was in boxes, I would have a room to let like it, that looked just like my original room in all the houses. Like, it really, honestly, it looked the same in every single house. Um, but yeah, so we moved from house to house to house. And my parents, like... I had no idea how much they were struggling financially, like at all. They didn't let me know at all. They paid for me to go to like the best school, the best elementary school in L.A. And same with my brother. And they bought us a ton of Christmas presents and did everything for us. And I had no idea how tough it was on them. And until after the fact, when my mom's like, yeah, you had no idea how bad it was for us. Like, you have no idea. And I was like, wait, what? I had no idea. And I just I think it's so great. And if I ever run into hard times with my family, like I want to do exactly what my parents did. You know, it's just they did a great job. They really did.
0: I mean, it sounds like I mean, that's really that's really touching that, you know, I mean, it's obviously a really tough thing to to go through. Um, but the fact that they were able to keep some amount of normalcy and like, yeah. keep that that like, uh, that struggle from you is, is really commendable, I think.
1: Yeah, I had no, no idea, no idea at all. Like, at one point, my mom was like, she had to be an assistant to a friend of hers, like, how it's kind of like embarrassing, like she had to have like, be like, beg her friend to hire her as an assistant. So she could like, supplement my dad's income at the time. And then my mom just had to go to work full time. So they were working full time. And my mom that killed her. She wanted to be a stay at home mom. She wanted to be at home with her kids and she always asked like do you think I was home with you enough and I'm like yeah I thought you were home with me like the majority of the time and she she's like shocked to hear that but like I honestly like I felt like she was absolutely involved every step of the way that's
0: that's uh that's so sweet to hear like uh I, any parent that is like it's I mean it sounds very clear to me that like they like you were their priority you know what I yeah. mean like they really put you first and uh I think that's a really really great thing and I think it's you know um I think it's what gave you the strength to get through, you know, what you've gotten through in your life.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I I definitely credit them everything, you know.
0: So you ended up being in law school. Um yes. you were kind of following their their path in a way like because uh you know, were they both lawyers, did you say?
1: Yeah, both lawyers.
0: So it was was that why it kind of felt like the default backup?
1: Yeah, it was always in my mind like Even when I was a little kid, which I don't really remember doing, but, like, I saw, you know, how when you're little, you do those art projects or whatever at school that are like, what are you going to be when you grow up? And in it, I was, like, either an actress, a lawyer, or a dog. So, you know, (laughs) those were my options. So, you know, unfortunately, actress is out of the question, but it was a toss-up between lawyer and dog.
0: Why did you want to be a dog (laughs) so bad? You also wanted to play one in Annie. Yeah,
1: you know, I... I I had a thing. I had a thing and <laughs> I don't know how to explain it at this point in time, but you know, when you feel something, you feel it.
0: Were you like one of the, one of those like uh like um what do they call them? Like uh animal kin like uh like you you thought you were really a dog on the no. inside?
1: <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I think that was my cousin. My cousin for like a year of her life she insisted that she only bark and that people only communicate to her in barks. <laughs> they oh had to call her a dog alley
0: so you really you looked up to her as right far as like, yeah well, well she's closer course. to being a dog i was yeah.
1: like if only if only i could be like her <laughs> she's one step closer to dogdom
0: did you have a, a dog that like i did have a, a bunch dog of cats okay i did have
1: a dog i have dogs now well my family has dogs now which i miss them a lot but um yes yeah, so at the time i did have a dog but i don't know if that was if that was the key, it might have been, you know, and I mean, I kind of wanted to be all animals. So when I would dress up from uh, the Disney movies. So, OK, first Beauty and the Beast. I was always the beast whenever <laughs> I dress up. I was the, I was the beast for um for Halloween. And, uh, you know, I also like to dress up as guys because I was also the artful Dodger from Oliver for okay. um Halloween. My mom had to, like, make a costume. She had to fashion a costume out of like random like menswear. Um, but I think anyway. I also dressed up as all, one of the characters from really? at one point. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I, uh, then Lion King, I was Simba always. Okay. So it kind of just, it went like that. There was like a, definitely a pattern forming where there was animals involved, male animals involved. <laughs> I don't quite know why, but that's, that's young Melissa for you.
0: Were you ever into like the Animorphs uh, book series at all?
1: Uh, I vaguely recall reading them. But, they
0: transformed into animals.
1: <laughs> do you remember? Okay, no one ever remembers this. Do you remember that TV show, like, VR Troopers or something? I don't know. Okay, nobody ever remembers it, but I <laughs> swear to God it existed. And one of the characters in it was, like, a talking dog. And I was always <laughs> the talking dog whenever we'd play with our friends in preschool. So, yeah, see? It just continues.
0: All right, well, hopefully someday we can uh, we can do a podcast in full bark.
1: <laughs> someday I can achieve my ultimate dream of being a dog.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you did uh you did at one point uh get a a role on this this thing called strawberry shortcake i don't know much about it myself (laughs) yes i did Um, that was my voiceover work yes uh i didn't dress
1: up as strawberry shortcake that was literally voiceover work so (laughs) it was it was a really super fun experience i i got to wear you know you can wear pajamas when you do voiceovers if i could do more voiceovers i absolutely would do more voiceovers um you get to wear pajamas and you just go there and you just read lines off a page and it was great it was a kid's cartoon um pretty sure it was straight to video um but it's really weird having merchandise uh uh, from your character like toys and stuff there's toys and stuff for my uh character and that at one point they were like making toys that you pull the string and it says stuff in my voice (laughs) isn't that weird. weird it was very weird but very cool
0: how can I find one of these toys?
1: I, I don't know. <laughs> at the time, they gave me, like, a ton of merchandise. Like, a ton of it. And it's just sitting in my garage at home. Because I was like, I don't know what to do with all this. A strawberry shortcake beach towel. Like, what do I do? I'd but, really um, like
0: a, a Coco Calypso, just, like, little toy in my background. <laughs> I, I can just, like, pull the string occasionally. Yeah, like Rob's soundboard. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it would say, oh, no strawberries. Somebody's taking all the sea berries. <laughs> oh man (laughs) that's what he would say
0: (laughs) oh that's great
1: so yeah people have been like people have been like going back like deep into my like history my internet history where they've been like finding videos of me doing the strawberry shortcake stuff and finding videos of me back in high school that i had posted on youtube a long time ago and i'm just like oh my god that's so embarrassing don't find this stuff
0: I mean, I went to film school. I made plenty of videos in college, but luckily uh, nobody's found.
1: <laughs> oh, God, don't you're inviting them to find them. They're going to think of it as a challenge.
0: They won't. They won't. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> they won't. Uh, <laughs> how did you get that that role?
1: Um, You know, I it, it was pretty funny because I was in uh, a show at the time uh, where I had to do a similar voice like that. And uh. I was just asked to make a little audition tape. And it was really cool because like when you go in to make the tape, you go into the an actual studio. You have to go into like a voiceover. I mean, you don't have to nowadays because you can just do it on your computer. But at the time you had to go into a, a voiceover studio. And so that was just super fun in and of itself to just like have the big headphones on and <laughs> to be in front of the microphone and have to do like the pot pot test beforehand. Like it was pretty cool. It was a very fun experience. And I, I honestly, I wish I could do it again because it was great.
0: So are you like, uh, is it something that you're like proud of or do people like make fun of you for it sometimes?
1: I feel like I'm proud of it now, but at the time, a lot of people in high school, they made, uh, their ringtones, me singing as like (laughs) Coco Calypso. And that was pretty embarrassing. And so at the time I was like a little embarrassed now I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, if you find it, you find it. Like, it's all over the internet. And it's not like I uploaded it. Like, other people uploaded it. Thank you very much. But i not like that. Like, oh, I just happened to have uploaded a clip. Check it out. No. <laughs> people have actually uploaded it online. So, I mean, if you want to check it out, you can check it out. But maybe don't. <laughs> maybe don't do that
0: uh, well yeah we'll, uh, we'll post the link in the, oh god no, no.
1: <laughs> we'll post the link below if you want to click on it
0: uh, um, so uh, so that was in high school that's that's pretty crazy
1: that was in middle school to, oh, middle to school. be fair to wow. me that was in middle school so that was a while back so not, not so recent but <laughs> it was still a good time
0: so you you, fa- you finally finished law school. Like you you enjoyed law school. Um, I enjoyed for the most part. it
1: because you know honestly, it's basically like three more years of college. It's yeah. great. I would highly recommend going to law school to anybody, um, except for the <laughs> massive amounts of debt it puts right. you in. Uh, that part is the killer. Uh, so maybe I'd not. I totally
0: do it. Other than that,
1: yeah. Other thing. than the debt, it's like whatever. Yeah. The hardest part, honestly, is is the LSAT and the bar exam. So like before and after, those mm-hmm. are the hardest parts. The, the law school itself, like, it's pretty easy. It's just you go to class maybe, like, three times a week for, like, an hour each or whatever. Like, honestly, it's very, it's no big deal, to, like, on the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Then you have the exams. And for about the month around exams, you are just holed up in your room, study, study, study. You have no social life. Like, you just have to study. Um, and that was, like, really, honestly, like, the first time in my life that I actually studied for something. Yeah. It was, like, law school exams. Because, like, in high school or in college, it's, like, I'll figure it out, man. Mm -hmm. The night before I'll figure it out. You know, I'll just look over my notes a little bit and then I'll, I'll do fine in law school. It's like, you will not do fine. If you do not study for a month, like you will not. So on the day to day throughout for the first few months of the semester, everything's good. You have nothing to worry about. You can like you go to class for an hour and then the rest of the day, you're free to hang out with your friends and do whatever you want and stay up late and wake up late. And it's great. And then exams come around and you're like, why am I doing this? And you cry (laughs) and you panic and there's just all the emotions. Um, and then, you know, you graduate and you're like, yay, it's over. And then the bar exam like hits you in the face, like a train. And, um, that was, that was intense. You study for like three months and it's a, the California bar exam is the hardest bar exam out there. It's the pass rate is like 39%. Oh and yeah, it's, it's intense. It's so bad. I cried before I got my results, like on the day I was getting my results. Cause I was like, I definitely failed. <sighs> and then it was honestly the craziest thing when I got my results. I was like, refresh, refresh, refresh on the site. And I was listening to music on shuffle on my iTunes. And then all of a sudden eye of the tiger comes on right as I click the results and find out I passed. And it was like, and I was like, Oh my God, I'm jumping up and down on my bed. I was like, so happy. I was like, the music is like accompanying me. It was so amazing. It was such a great, 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 great feeling.
0: Wow. That's great. So, uh, so at this point you were still thinking you wanted to be an actress, but you were very like happy that this was like happening for you.
1: Uh, I guess at that point, I had kind of started to be like, OK, yeah, maybe this isn't going to happen. And I think another huge part of it is that my law, my law firm is so amazing. Mm. I love my law firm so much. I love the people who work there. Everyone's so cool and fun. And I laugh every day at the office and they're so flexible. I feel like I they're they're so like keen on making sure that people have a life outside of work, um, whereas most law firms the law firm is your life and that's it. And you don't get to do anything else, That you know, th- that's it. And my firm is like, you know what? We want a work-life balance. We want you to go out and have fun and we want you to work hard and we want you to figure it out. Like, you know, we we just, we want we want good people who want to do that same thing. And so I, I really like working for my firm. I think maybe if I had like a big law job, I would hate it and be miserable every day and be like, why did I do this? I want to be an actress again. Um, but now I'm just like, I'm I'm really happy where I am so I think that definitely influenced my decision to be like mm, maybe I'll just stick with this for a while and then kind of see where that takes me.
0: Does it feel like that like this is your your passion or does it feel just like no. a really <laughs> good way to support the rest of your life? It's
1: a really good way to to make money. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, god, this podcast is going to make me sound so bad like I'm only interested in one thing, money. But that that's really not it. But on I I like other things, but I feel like A lot of jobs that people have are not going to be their passion. But if they Mm -hmm. have if they don't hate going to work every day and they kind of like, you know, enjoy going to the office and maybe not even enjoy it, but just like don't hate it. (laughs) I feel like that's the key. It's like you want to for at least like your first. I mean, this is my first job, so it's like I want to. I like it. I don't love the work that I'm doing, but I love my job. Like, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, like I love my no, office. I love the people. I love all that. But like the stuff that I'm doing on the day to day, is like, not super thrilling by any means, but you know, it's good. It's fine.
0: So what do you do at this, at this Like, uh, obviously lawyer speak is probably like not the easiest to explain, but like, what exactly do, are you like doing day to day?
1: I mean, okay. So this is kind of hard to explain. Cause I don't really want to like give away a lot of like, of my like, work clients and stuff so like Mm. essentially you could literally just go on the website and see who i'm talking about but there's a major there is a major restaurant chain that i uh do most of my work for and i review all of the advertising marketing commercials campaign uh all that sort of stuff i i it comes through me first or last it goes through the creative team first. And then I am the final set of eyes essentially to be like, yes or no. Um, And also I review their um, contracts with other companies. I send out cease and desist letters if people are doing like bad things. I do a lot of trademark work. Um, So yeah, I do, I do a lot of stuff. Um, I also do, I also have a lot of other clients that are more entertainment oriented. So I review a lot of artist agreements and uh, you know, musicians and, reality TV shows, I review their contracts and um, it's a lot of social media stuff. So I do a ton of stuff, but my firm does everything. So if I wanted to get involved in something else, I could absolutely get involved in something else if I wanted to. And, and everyone else, there's people at the firm who specialize in things, but everyone kind of pitches in for everything. So it's really just a lot of everything. But the stuff that I mentioned right there is stuff that I really, I really enjoy the most, I think, because like, I love the entertainment industry. And I love, um, you know, being able to review like just the, the agreements, the contracts, the, the final finished product of these like things that we've been working on for months, like, you know, the commercials, all of it, it's, it's way more entertaining than, than, you know, just like looking at documents or like going to, I don't go to court. Like that's not really my thing. Um, some lawyers do, but that's not, that's not my side. I'm more transactional. So it's, It's very, a very different side of the law that people don't normally think of when they think of lawyer, because when they think of lawyer, they're like, oh, she's in court and, Mm -hmm. you know, she's preaching to the jury. You know, it's like, (laughs) no, I'm not doing any of that. That is not me. So I think it'd be very
0: fun to uh, to see you in court. Preaching to a jury.
1: I feel like it would not be fun at all. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I've gotten enough comments uh, on the podcast of people being like, "She's a lawyer. No way. She's not well spoken at all. I can't imagine that in court. It's like, all right. Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, um, yeah, I can't see me in court either. So, yeah,
0: I just like th- that that the defendant is just they're they're dumb.
1: It's yeah, just... Cute. that defendant is a total idiot. <laughs> that so would be like frustrating! My thing. It's so frustrating right now. Like like like. <laughs> That's literally what I would sound like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like so- I'm not gonna say no, but I'm gonna. Politely laugh. No,
0: I I think you'd be great. I I mean, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll sure. talk about it when we talk about the uh, so you think you can podcast. But like, uh, I I thought right from the get go that you were uh, you were the the star here.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes, I am a star. Yes, very
0: much so. Uh, and then when I found out about Coco Calypso, I was like definitely oh, a star.
1: Solidified yeah. it for sure. Yes. You're like that girl. That girl's an attorney. She's and a also <laughs> a voiceover star.
0: I'm gonna make you a star (laughs) Um, Is that what you thought
1: when you drafted me on your team? Yeah That girl's a star (laughs) Yeah see Uh, She's right (laughs) over there You see that girl? (laughs) Uh, What were we talking about? I don't even know I have no idea anymore. Podcast uh, something. Oh,
0: um so did you want is is your current job to like do you see yourself there for a long time or is there something do you have like uh, higher ambitions?
1: Um I do see myself here for um definitely a while. I don't know how long. I mean, I'd like to stay here for a long time cuz just cuz like, you know, when you have a good thing, don't get rid of it, but right. um I think in the future though I am interested in getting into television producing or some sort of, I mean, like, you've got Netflix, you've got Amazon, you've got all these companies uh, who are doing really great things for the television world. And I would love to get in on that. And, you know, I love the programming that's coming out now. And just somehow to be involved in that. I like the idea of being a producer. Um, so, you know, that's something I'm always looking at. And I interned in college, I interned at production companies, and I enjoyed that sort of thing. And So, yeah, something in entertainment I think could be something I might want to go into at some point.
0: Someday we'll team up and we'll make a better version of Big Brother together.
1: Yes. Oh my God, that would be amazing. (laughs) Let's do it.
0: (laughs) Yes. All right. Um, So, speaking of Big Brother, how how did you get into Big Brother? Like, when did this happen?
1: I watched the first season. I started with Survivor. And I remember my parents were watching Survivor and. I wasn't watching because, you know, I was like, I was a kid and I was doing my own thing. And my parents watched like the first episode, I think. And they were like, Melissa, Michael, you guys need to see this show. It's amazing. You need to watch it. Let's watch it together. And I think it was like we so we started on maybe I, I think at the time. okay so at the time. There was no DVRs, but my parents like rigged up this old VCR yeah. where you could like tape it onto a blank tape and then you'd retape over that tape yeah. like the next yeah. episode. That's what my parents were doing with the, uh, Survivor at the time. So we were able to watch, re-watch the first episode. And so we started from the beginning and I was like obsessed. I was obsessed with Survivor that first season. And then uh, I to the point where I had a Survivor themed birthday party okay. um we it, we went all out we paired we separated everyone into teams so we were pagong and Tagi, and of course i was pagong um <sighs> of, course. of course and because i loved pagong and i was very sad when you know taggy <laughs> took over but whatever <laughs> when they got pagonged yeah when they got pagonged <laughs> and we had challenges and like different obstacle courses we had to do and at one point we had the gross food challenge so my, oh my. parents made um frog eggs out of tapioca balls and they put it in a jar and then they took a few out and put it in another jar where they put like crickets and dirt (sighs) and a bunch of other things so that way it looked like that was like the sample jar and it looked Mm -hmm. like that's what they would be eating and I thought it was great I thought it was super fun but a girl was so scared about it that she cried and didn't want to eat it so she like we kind of had to stop the party and my parents had to be like hey no it's okay like (laughs) it's just tapioca it's not real frogs like it's okay and um so yeah that that is how obsessed i was um and i oh my god and then for the second season of survivor i you remember well i guess everyone remembers like elizabeth Mm -hmm. um because now she's like elizabeth Hasselbeck, whatever um but i was obsessed with her i loved her i thought she was so adorable and so i i dressed my american girl doll up like her i like made my own like survivor what are those things called the the uh god the head scarf buffs buffs, the buffs yes the uh i made my own like survivor buff and i like put the hair up in the two little buns like she had and all that and um And so, yeah, I was obsessed. And then, you know, Big Brother started right after Survivor. And so, of course, like my family, we just like merged into watching Big Brother. Um, And that first season, I liked it, but it was very tedious. It was very Mm -hmm. long. And there was an episode every day. And we were like, you know, I mean, I still we still watched it. We still watched the whole thing, but it wasn't as good as Survivor. And then the second season of Big Brother happened. And that was when it was like, okay, this is a real show. This is great. I love it. And then I watched every single season after that. And, you know... And then here I am today. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you, I, I, th- I don't know how many people know this, but I think you and I share that distinction. I mean, I, 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 I you're even better than I am because I didn't watch the first season when it aired. I started with the second season. Oh yeah. Um, but we, I mean, as far as real Big Brother goes, uh, Alex and Brent are latecomers. We're the OGs here.
1: Yeah. See, nobody yeah. believes it too. Everyone's like, I doubt Melissa even watched one season of <laughs> Big Brother. I'm like. Okay. Well, no, I did. I really did. I mean, I'm not like a Big Brother historian or anything, but you know, so I've, yeah, I've watched every season multiple times. So
0: I love your internet complaining voice.
1: Oh, well, that's what they sound like, right? Is that not? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Good. Yeah, good. That's how I've, I read I've it I've many of
0: them in, in real life.
1: <laughs> and they do sound like that.
0: No, no. Everyone <laughs> that goes to RHAP conventions are, are very, very nice and they don't sound like that. And yeah, they're sure, not complainers. Sure. Wink, yes. wink,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no there have been some really great people you should really come to one of these things at some point because uh, yeah, i a lot feel of like fun.
1: people wouldn't want to be mean to my face they'd want oh, to be no, nice they're to my totally face.
0: not i mean there's like there's occasionally somebody that's like yeah i don't really care for you taryn uh i yeah. like brent better but i mean you're still here i guess so can i take a picture like, with you <laughs>
1: Why though? like why it's like okay would you still want a picture of me all right <laughs> OK, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, but no, no, it's it's really good. People are very, very nice and very supportive. Um, I, no, I think people, really have
1: been, people have been people have been a lot nicer to me. so it's very it's it's good. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who like I didn't know were out there until I kind of tweeted. I probably shouldn't have done this, but I kind of just was like, hey, guys, can we stop with like the replace Melissa comments? Because that's yeah. a, kind of hurtful. And then like a ton of people came out of the woodwork who I had never seen before commenting on anything of mine on Twitter or like saying anything about me ever and saying super nice stuff. And I was like, whoa, where did you silent all come majority. from? Yeah, I think it, I, that's when I realized like there is a silent majority and that is real. Like as it always just seemed so far away before that. And then I was like, wait a second, maybe Taryn's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you, you'd been watching Big Brother for a long time. When did you start listening to RJP?
1: I started listening to RHEP um, season 16 and I honestly, I have no idea how I found it. I really don't. I, it's not like I, I, I just have no idea how I found it. I all of a sudden just started watching and didn't stop and like it, it just happened somehow and I don't remember where I saw it. I, I don't know. I just, I think season 16. So like before that I had read, I had read a lot of all the Joker's updates and all that sort of stuff, but I never really paid for the feeds myself. Um, I never really got the feeds. I just read Joker's updates, Mm -hmm. which I feel like now is like, like very boring. I feel like I'd much rather (laughs) be able to see it, but I just read them all because I just was always, I don't know. I don't know why I never, I just never thought to get them. And then season 16, I decided to get the feeds and, um, that's when I became like really obsessed because I had been on Reddit before that, but, and I was like obsessed with Reddit, but I didn't even know that there was a big brother subreddit until that season and so i started going on the big brother subreddit started watching podcasts on it um i watched the uh the spencer mccray one and i watched rob has a podcast um and yeah and so that was with brian lynch so that's like a totally different feel than it is now um but i yeah i loved it i was obsessed with it and then i just kept watching uh so i saw when you guys like first started and all that
0: when when rob first put out the call for for people to replace brian lynch were you aware that he was looking for people
1: no i had no idea i had no idea he was looking for people i didn't even hear of that so yeah i had no idea that that was even a thing um so no i did not apply for that i did not know i did apply however for season 17 of big brother oh okay went nowhere (laughs) it didn't happen (laughs) too Um, inoffensive yeah right i guess so (laughs) because like i had met I went okay so for season 16 I went and crashed the uh the finale party
0: yes for yeah. people who listen to so you Thinking podcast I believe this is what the the first fun fact about Melissa that I, yes, I it was. exposed Yes, yeah
1: that I can crash the party and uh and then after that I I met Hayden I mean I mean I met a lot of people at the party but I met Hayden at the party and hung out with him afterwards him and like some of his friends his friend Josh and stuff um and so we kind ca- we kept in contact And I hung out with him a few times in like Long Beach and stuff. And um, he was like very encouraging. And he's like, you would totally get on. You totally get on. Like You should totally apply. And I was like, all right, well, I'll apply. I'll do it. And then, yeah, nothing happened. So (laughs) he is a liar. No, just kidding. Um, But yeah, so I applied. Nothing happened with that. And I was kind of like super bummed because I was like, you know, I want to be on the show. I want to like do it. This is my one chance. And then. Now, I mean, now when I heard about the so you think, well, okay, I didn't even hear about so you think you can podcast competition because that wasn't (laughs) a thing at the time. I heard that they were looking for video submissions for a new um, LFC member. And I was like, well, you know, now that I'm like working and I'm actually trying to be like a legit professional, um, I can't be on Big Brother. I can't take that time off um, from my job. And I can't. Or This was my thinking was like, I can't. I yeah, I can't take the time off from my job. I'm about to start my new job, whatever. Um so I need to like maybe this is a good way to get involved and be able to be a part of Big Brother without like having to quit my job. And so that's why I applied. Um cuz I you know, I just wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to I I just had found myself watching your podcast. And kind of talking to you guys out loud to my computer. If ever you guys said anything I disagreed with, I was like, well, you know. And I was like, oh, shoot, I am talking out loud. <laughs> and so I was like, you know, maybe that would be kind of fun to try and be a part of it. I honestly didn't think anything would come of it because I had just like submitted for Big Brother 17 and didn't get hear anything back. And I was like, nobody, nobody wants this, apparently. <laughs> so I was like, I'll just I, I threw together I didn't even like put any effort into my application. I literally had just gotten back from like the gym or whatever. So I had my hair in a ponytail wearing like a tank top and I just was like down in my living room and I was just like, Hey guys, like I just wanted to like submit my little tape. It's like really stupid. I watched it again recently because I was like, <laughs> I forgot what I said in it and I was like, Oh boy. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I just sent off like a 30 second video and I got an email like I didn't hear anything for a while, like nothing. So I was like, eh, that's over. And then a little while later, I got an email that was like, we have decided to do a so you think you can podcast competition between the finalists like and so I legitimately thought that the email was telling me that the finalists were going to be doing a competition and I was not one of them. Yeah, Like, I thought that it was like a thank you for participating. Be sure to check it out and vote for your favorite. That's what I thought it was. So I didn't respond. I didn't (laughs) say anything. I just like put it away. I was like, all right, well, that was that. I guess I'll be voting on like someone later. I I legitimately thought that was it. And then like a few days later, I like get another email and they're like, Hey, Melissa, I just wanted to see if you had gotten our original email and if you're in because we didn't hear back from you when we're trying to fill out the teams. And I was like, wait, what? And so I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I did not know that that was actually inviting me. And so, yeah, the rest is history.
0: Yeah, I I remember watching your video. I think yours was the shortest one. (laughs) um and i don't like know most why of,
1: you picked me from that
0: <laughs> most of them were like 10 minutes long and like uh, really well
1: produced and stuff like people like <laughs> took the time to like people did it like impressions of like you know jeff or julie chen and everyone like i didn't do any impressions i didn't do again no gimmicks i literally well, just talked to a camera for five seconds
0: I mean, Adam, the YouTuber, was able to put together. I mean, he did the my strategy, which was like just make a well-produced video, and (laughs) then it doesn't matter (laughs) if you're boring. Oh God! Not that Adam is boring. Adam is far from boring. Um, (laughs) But I thought I was boring, so I was like, I need to make a produced video. From my from my perspective of this story, uh, you know, we had been talking about getting a new LFC member for a while because Brent had mentioned that maybe he didn't want to do OTT, um, and you know, we you know we were looking to fill out more, you know, more of the schedule, like not everyone could always make it to things. So, uh, it would be very helpful, um, to have another person. And then obviously with Jordan, uh, who ended up quitting, like that turned out to be very yeah. fortuitous that we got somebody else. Um, and so we, uh, we had this idea, we had discussed it a little bit. Um, and we eventually decided like we'd, we put out a call. And then as uh, one day Rob just email, had a, a, an email that he sent to us that was like, okay, I've got this idea. <laughs> Oh, God, I have this idea. It's going to be like uh, a a competition and I'm going to have you guys be the coaches and like you're going to pick your teams and you're uh, you're going to like, you know, be like on your swivelly chairs, like uh, like, you know, like like, I don't know, like coaching them and and uh, you're going to like, you know, be doing podcasts with them. And uh, like I I will say I when I heard of this idea, my first reaction was like, I I don't know, (laughs) but. (laughs) Then, like, I was thinking about, I was like, actually, this sounds like it could be really fun. Not for the people that are competing, obviously, but for (sighs) me, because I'll get to host my own podcast.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Selfish.
0: (laughs) Um, And uh, and I I did think it would be it would be kind of fun for uh, for the listeners. Obviously, coinciding with OTT, it was like not the best timing for there to be a voting thing. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. With everyone already hating everyone,
0: <laughs> yeah. And so we looked through we looked through the um the videos. How many and, videos
1: did you get submitted?
0: Oh, I don't know how many there were total. Um, I had Was a that like a people, lot? I'm not sure exactly how many we got. I wasn't really like in on choosing the 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 videos, but we were eventually sent the final um nine to ten videos. Um and. Uh, I, there were a couple of people that reached out to me, like asking for advice about their video. Um, and like, they were already playing the social game, like, oh, uh, the pre-gaming. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't
1: know any of this was going on. I was so just out of it. Oh yeah. God. So naive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so then we had to do this uh this draft and um it was an auction draft and i hadn't done an auction draft before and so uh we had like a hundred dollars to spend and we had to uh like spend our money on the 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 people and the if, if you were the person who spent the most on that person then that's the person that you would get um And so I, I, uh, you know, this is me. I then spend like two days like formulating uh, the optimal strategy to like not only get the people I want, but like make it so it's like the best situation for them to like be set up to win.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow.
0: And um, and then like, of course, then I find out later that like Alex had just basically chosen at random and brent had barely even looked at the videos and just, like <laughs> put his money on people uh, i was You're like, just yeah, like okay, yeah
1: overly prepared
0: perfectly represents our personalities i think
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would say so
0: yes yeah, so uh so then you know uh i i end up you know getting you jen and uh and john and um i uh I, well, I guess i i'll turn the story back over to you at this point like you know like where like where did it go from there like uh you know you found out that you were going to be a part of this thing
1: oh right Yeah. And they were like, create an intro video. And I was like, Oh, my God, this is going to be a lot of work. Because it was like, (laughs) do an intro video. And then we're going to like, do rounds. So it was like, if you make it to the end, you're essentially doing like, a ton of podcasts all in a row. And I was just like, totally unprepared. I was like, I have no idea how to do a podcast, period, let alone like, have enough to say for like five podcasts in a row. Like, (sighs) I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was like, Melissa, are you sure you want to do this? This seems really scary. And, um, you know, because I was nervous. I didn't know what to say or what to do. And but it was good because then you um, you had like a little prep sesh with with us (laughs) beforehand, which was good. And I felt like I liked what we used to do, which was we would talk before the podcast, like me, Jen, John and you before the podcast, like as a team. And like for like whatever amount of time, 30 minutes beforehand so that, or maybe 15 minutes beforehand, whatever it was. So we we'd feel comfortable with, with each other and be able to like have things to like talk about between us and already have some sort of rapport um, before the podcast started. I really liked that. I felt like it really set us up to like gel well together as a team. And and then the next time, you know, we did it again and we, you know, kept doing that whenever you were the host. Um And then when you weren't the host, though, they didn't do that. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know anyone here. This is the first time I'm meeting people like on screen live. Oh, boy. Um, But, you know, it ended up being okay. It was it was it was so weird, though. It was so weird being talked about on the subreddit and Mm -hmm. being talked about on YouTube and on Twitter. And, you know, I never used Twitter. I never used it. I mean, I had a Twitter account. And I knew what it was. And I knew how to use it, but I never used it because I was like, who cares what I think? Um, and I just remember you guys all being like, hey, you should probably start using your Twitter soon. And I was like, I will. I will. And I just I just felt weird, like putting any of my thoughts out there into the universe because I was like, who really cares what you're thinking, Melissa? Um, and so I kind of had to get over that and just be like, whatever. You just need to say it. Just say something. And yeah. now I'm used to it. But at the time, I was like, this is weird. This is really weird to like put my thoughts out there in well, tweet format.
0: Like going into it, were you concerned about the competition aspect? Were you like, I'm kind of like apprehensive about this?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, after we had our first round, I was like, like, OK, John's going to win from our team. <laughs> so I was like, either I'll be out the first round or I'll be out the second round. And then, you know, that's that. I honestly legitimately thought John was going to go through and I was shocked when I went through. I was honestly shocked. And when I kept going through, I was shocked every time. And as people want to say like, okay, yeah, you're doing like the Taylor Swift, like shocked every time thing. But I really was. I really was. I honestly was not expecting it Um, because I thought everybody was doing so well. And I think also it's hard for me to see if I'm doing a good job or not because it's just, it's me, you know? And also I felt like during the competition, I was a little afraid to say any actual like hot takes or like any true thoughts, because I was like, I don't want to, people are voting on me. I don't want to like upset half the fan base by, especially during OTT. It was like, you got to like be on the fence for that one. And then people were mad at me because I was on the fence and I was like, ah, and now people are (laughs) mad at me because I'm too biased. So I feel like I can never win.
0: I remember, I remember coaching you and saying like, okay, look, Like it's fine to have opinions one way or the other, but like, don't come out strongly for either side because you're just killing off half of the potential votes.
1: (laughs) I remember that you were like giving me like certain answers where it's like, like be more neutral for some (laughs) sort of opinions. Like I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I'm nervous. I had to like try and like make sure to carefully craft whatever I said. And, you know, it still came out with a bunch of likes. So, you know, <laughs> I can't I can't help it. I say the word like.
0: Yeah, I, I remember like like uh, you can rail against whatever side you want once you win the competition. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you were like, you can come out as a true fan of whatever side you want after the competition. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh. like, OK, coach. All right, I'm going to yeah. go get him.
0: <laughs> so well, what was it? You know, what was your reaction to finding out that you had been drafted onto to my team?
1: So I had. Prepared myself mentally because I didn't want to get my hopes up for one person or another. So I purposely was like, if I'm on this team, it's going to be great. If I'm on this team, it's going to be great. If I'm on this team, it's going to be great. Just so that way I was never disappointed. And so then when I got on your team, I kind of was like, all right, I actually kind of saw this coming like beforehand. Like I let myself say that because I was like, all right, I pretty much knew that that, that was going to be my team, but I didn't know for sure. And I wasn't going to let myself say it beforehand. But I thought I thought I was going to be on our team. And I was I was really excited about it. I really felt like I felt like we would gel well. And I think we did. I think that our whole team was really we really gelled well. I feel like the other teams, um, while they were really good individually, sometimes they didn't quite gel well together as a group. And I felt like our team as a group, like even just the first episode with all four of us, it really worked well. Um, And I was very impressed with it. So I really liked our team. And I kind of I kind of didn't like the way we did it, where it was that you had to lose a person from each team each time. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like it should have been, you know, lose whoever is not doing the best, you know, and that way I just felt bad because if you're drafted on a team that has really strong players on it, then you're going to unfortunately get out really early and you, maybe you shouldn't.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, I remember, um, you know, like I, I put a lot of work into like, I want to make sure that like, like my team, you know, functions really well, and they like, as you mentioned, like we talked a lot beforehand, and I and I had like uh, I I contacted you guys beforehand and like had like mm-hmm. Skype talks with you, and like from I, from my perspective at least, like I I talked to Jen, I talked to John, and I I really love them both, uh, but then when I talked to you, I like we kind of like instantly connected, and I was like, yeah, I mean, we ended up talking for like over an hour, and yeah, I was we like,
1: talked for a long time, and I didn't even know.
0: So I ended up like feeling really good about you and your chances. Um, so like, I, you know, I I really put a lot of work into like, and, and again, like it was my first opportunity to be like the host of a show. And yeah. I really wanted to prove that like, like I can do this, I can put together a well working team and like get the best work out of people, even though this is their first time podcasting. And so uh, it, it really like it meant a lot to me that you guys really like stepped up to the plate. And like, I think we really were a good team.
1: Yeah, oh, definitely. I think yeah, I think for sure we were a good team. And even to the point where like we were all sad even after that first one where we were like, Oh, we're going to have to lose one of us. Wait, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I forgot about that part. You know, it's, it was depressing, but you know, I mean, what's great though, is that everyone from so you think you can podcast, we have a, um, a Twitter like message group, whatever that's called. And we talk all the time about, you know, the show or like, Hey, let's do a podcast together. Let's get a little group together to do a podcast. So everyone's still really involved. And I mean, all the So You Think You Can Podcast people have been doing uh, the morning updates and even coming mm-hmm. on, like, the shows. So it's been really cool to have everyone still be involved. And I like how everyone still wants to be involved.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you said you were surprised, like, each time that you made it through. Uh, did, did you really uh, – did you have any confidence that you might, like, win this thing <laughs> Did at, you have at any
1: confidence, period? <laughs> um, well, because
0: I remember, I remember talking to you and being like, I don't – I mean, because here's the thing, like – i from my perspective i thought you were gonna win from like the very first podcast we did and uh, i but i i like wanted to make sure i never said that to you because i yeah, didn't want to get your said hopes it. Up. you were
1: very you were very down on my chances every time It was like every time i talked to you you were like ah i don't know we'll see i was like okay well that's that i'm not getting it now I just was so nervous every time the results were going to come out. It's like my heart was like beating out of my chest. And when when Rob would say my name, I it was still like a shock to the system that even Rob knew who I was, you know, because mm-hmm. i had been watching for years at that point, And it was just crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, like I said, like, I really I felt I like. And like you mentioned, like you want you were going to be on Big Brother and I feel like you ended up on like this weird kind of like pseudo reality competition. And I felt like I was playing in some small way, too, because I was like trying to like, you know, make it so that you felt confident, but also like didn't get too confident, like didn't get your hopes up too much. And like, uh, like, okay, you make sure you uh, you know, you don't piss off these people. And
1: yeah, no, seriously, there's strategy behind the scenes.
0: Very much so. Um, (laughs) It's crazy. But it was, it was, it was, it was a really crazy time. Like the, it still like boggles my mind that, that we even did that.
1: I'm very glad that part of my uh, podcasting life is over. (laughs) Yeah. It was very stressful.
0: I still, and this was like the thing where it was like, uh, the thing I was mainly concerned about was like when it gets to the end and there is, you know, a lot of people voting for you and a lot of people voting for some other people. Like there's going to be some animosity just like there is in big brother OTT. And that's like, that's never really going to go away. And I feel like it's not fair to you because I feel like there's a level of scrutiny on you that is not on the rest of us. That's like, well, because she was part of a competition that we voted on, Mm -hmm. like we have more of a right to question her presence here. Not only is she new, but like she, she was a part of a competition and all this stuff. And, uh, and it really, it frustrates me when I see people like, Oh, somebody else should have won or like, why get her off the podcast. I'm like, get get out of, get out of here. Like, uh, you know, like this is, don't listen then if you're going to be as mean. Right.
1: I mean, it's, it honestly, it, it got to me for a while. It, it really hurts. Like I'm a person. I'm a, I'm a human being. (laughs) No, but, um, you know, I'm, I am a person and it hurts when people are saying such mean things about me all the time. And, you know, there can be nice comments, but the mean ones really stick. And, and it's like, what is the point? Why say this mean stuff just to make someone feel bad? It's not productive. And after BB can ended, I was like, I felt like I was getting a little bit better feedback, because at the time, I kind of thought to myself, like, whatever, I'm just gonna like, say whatever I'm feeling right now and just say it. And that's when people started to like me more. So I started to get more positive feedback. And I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. And I ended up, I've enjoyed podcasting for this season so much. And it's been a lot better. And I feel like all the hateful comments, like there are still some, but I do get more positive comments than I had before. And it you know, I'm starting to get like a thicker skin. Not really, though. So please don't say mean things to me if you're <laughs> listening to this. But, you know, like, I still am like, I'm getting better. It's getting better for me. And I think that, um, yeah, like, if you're one of those people who comments on on like, videos or or sends me like, or literally tags me in a tweet just to say something mean, like, Can you please not do that. <laughs> it's like, please don't it, it just it does, it's not productive. It's just hurtful. It's why would you want to like just do something to make someone feel bad? I'm not a, I'm not a robot like Taryn. And it does hurt, you know? So yeah. So for a while it was pretty tough.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's, I mean, that's something I've kind of touched on with, with every guest so far is like, you know, how do you deal with that? Because everybody deals with it to some extent. And uh, it I think we like in a lot of ways, like we really threw you in the deep end and like expected you to swim. And uh, (laughs) like, you know, I mean, obviously, like you weren't prepared for it. And like, not only that, but like you were dealing with it, you know, you were the only one dealing with like when when Alex and Brent and I started, it was like the three of us and Mm -hmm. like the criticism was often spread out and like you know if there was criticism toward like one of us it was like you know whatever like there's there's two other people and you know it it was a lot more spread out but like with you it was much more targeted because you were like the new person being the new person in anything is hard Mm -hmm. because you're like you're coming in and you know you're changing the dynamic to some degree and um you know i i i I know i i i've always like felt for you in terms of like that and um uh, like every time, like I seriously, like anytime I see like like a mean tweet or a mean comment, about it, I'm just like, oh, like mm. <laughs> uh, I, I remember yes. like when you when you tweeted out like the like, can people just stop like saying that I shouldn't have won? Uh, I was like I, I posted like a gif of like scrappy do. I, I feel like scrappy do sometimes. And I'm like, No, <laughs> put them up. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. You know what? The comment I hate the most, the comment I hate the most is when people say, does Melissa even watch the feeds?" <laughs> yeah, that is the comment I hate the most because it's like. What have I been sacrificing and spending all of my time doing uh, if I'm not watching the feeds? I've been watching the feeds 24-7 and to have somebody sit there and be like, are you even watching? It's like, so it gets me. It gets my goat.
0: <laughs> well, and yeah, like I, that used to bug me so much too. Like I, I'd, I'd see that comment and like when I first started, I would have written out like a five paragraph response to that person. Like, this is why I said what I did. And this is how I'm putting you in your place because I know way more than you. And like, I did that for a while to like anybody that questioned me, I would just be like, no, no, no. And I'd slam them with like a ton of facts. Um, like, oh, you think I was wrong about this? Well, let me explain why I said it in five, in 10 paragraphs. Oh, God. Um God. And- <laughs> <laughs> um but it, it it really like and I, I figured like I didn't really think there was anything wrong with that. Like obviously it, it, it was something that bothered me and like I spent a lot of time like rebuffing it. Uh but like now it's it's gotten to the point, and I never really expected it to, but it's gotten to the point where it's just like I don't care. Like, I just, I don't care anymore. Like people are just gonna, like, I I think I've like gotten to the point where I recognize that it's like, there is always going to be somebody that takes this the wrong way or that thinks I said something I didn't or that disagrees with me or that, you know, yells at me or whatever. And like to to spend a bunch of time, like trying to convince this individual that this isn't the case is just like not worth my time at all. And the majority of people have not misinterpreted me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it also was like a thing Thing where it's just like like I, I felt bad because I was getting so many people talking to me and so many of them were so positive and I was like responding only more responding to the, the negative, negative ones and mm-hmm. I was like this isn't fair to any I'm like liking all of these like you're the best you're great you're awesome and then like oh you suck why are you so wrong about this I'd be like oh can't just yeah. wait
1: <laughs> no that's it yeah see that's my thing is like I want to respond to the negative because it's like I want to prove to them that like they're wrong Mm-hmm. But like, I should be responding to the positive, not the negative. I should just be ignoring the negative. And I feel bad, like, you know, that then the positive kind of gets like outshined by the negative comments. And but that's just the way like the human brain works is like you just the negative just sinks in, sits there and reminds you of it all the time.
0: Well, like, you know, what do you what do you do when you see something that's like mean about you? Like, how, like, what is what is your response? How do you like try to get over it?
1: Um, I internalize it and cry. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I don't do that. Uh, I, I read it and then I say, yeah, whatever, who cares? And then I go away from that page and then I come back to it and read it again. And I'm like, okay, well that's, you know what? Maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. I do say like a lot. So, you know, that's, that's a fine, fair comment. And I will take that into consideration. And then I go to the next page and then I come back to it like five seconds later and read it again. And I'm like. That was a little mean the way they said it, though. You know, it's a little little hurtful, huh? And I go to another page and then I come right back to that page and reread the comment and uh, say, well, you know, at least they don't they don't have as many upvotes as, you know, the nice (laughs) comment. And then I go away from the page and I come back to the page and they have like way more upvotes than the nice comment. And everyone's adding on and piling on to it and saying like, yeah, I don't like her either. She does sound like a valley girl. And, you know, it's it gets tough. So it's hard to block it out. But you know, I just have to tell myself that there are so many people out there who like me originally, when I was watching the podcast, I never commented on anything. I never liked anything. The only thing I did was follow you guys on Twitter. That was it. I didn't like anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't comment on anything, nothing. So there are people out there like me who like it, but who don't feel the need to comment on it or do anything like interact with anyone from it. And I just have to tell myself that there are a ton more people out there who, who aren't saying anything. And the people who are saying something like, you know, you're not going to go to a video if you, if you thought it was good, you're not going to go to a video to comment on it. You're going to go to a video to comment on it if you hated it or if something upset you from it. So you're going to see more negative comments than you are positive comments. So I just have, I just keep telling myself that and keep trying to, you know, look at the positive comments and, you know, realize that there are people out there who, you know, who like me and who who appreciate the things that I have to say. and you know, who, who aren't bothered by the way that I talk. So, you know, I just have to tell myself about that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, I think, I think my response to like criticism when it's like mean criticism, like, um, like there were, there were, there were a couple people, there's like one mean person like recently. And I told you this pre-show, but like they, they were like, Terrence, stop swiveling in your chair. It's so annoying. Like they were so mean about it. And I was like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to swivel in my chair even more. That's how <laughs> I'm going to respond to your criticism. And then I'm like, and then like after a little while, I'm like, ah, oh, all right, maybe I shouldn't swivel in my chair. No, you know what? Screw that person. I'm going to swivel in my chair all I want. And
1: then you're like, um, okay, I'm going to cave and get a standing desk.
0: <laughs> that was always the plan. If I didn't oh, yeah, sh- get a sure, standing sure. desk, uh, wow, I would Mean
1: internet comments enact change. (laughs) That's the, that is what we are teaching everyone. Great.
0: (laughs) Um, Okay. So has the criticism sort of affected you in any way outside of the podcasting realm? Has it like affected your self-esteem in any way in real life?
1: Maybe a little, but I don't, I don't think so. I feel like I, I feel like when I'm podcasting and then I'm reading about it afterwards, it affects me. But I, for some reason, I just, I separate myself from podcast Melissa, from real life Melissa. And so the second I like go outside and I talk to my friends or I talk to my mom or whatever, I feel back to normal and it doesn't really affect me for a while. It did a little because it was like, you know, the way I talk isn't very eloquent. And you know, maybe I don't I'm not super logical and I'm maybe I'm annoying. I don't know. But I started to think that stuff about me. Um, But then at the same time, I get a lot of positive comments. So the positive comments, I also internalize those. So it's kind of like a mishmash. It's like I, I kind of do, and I kind of, it kind of affects me, and it kind of doesn't affect me. Um, I try not to let it affect me, um, and so yeah, no, I don't think it really affects me that much outside of the podcast world. But the second I start podcasting again it starts to affect me because I start thinking about like, okay, what are the people in the chat room saying? Okay. What, um, how am I standing? How am I sitting? Like, do I look okay? Is it how, did I say like right there? Did I just say like, yeah, see, I, I start to think, you know, I start to think about that stuff the second I start podcasting. And then the second the little live live little icon goes off, I'm back to normal. And I'm like, okay, now I can just like say whatever I want and be myself and not feel worried about what people are thinking of me. Um, so it only affects me really when I'm like, on the podcast and when I'm reading the comments right afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm. I I mean, I, you know, maybe you should just stop reading the chat room. I don't know.
1: <laughs> the chat room has been great to me lately, actually. It's true. They've been the nice ones out of everyone, <laughs> you know, so that used to be my those were my harshest critics before. They're yeah. tough to please sometimes.
0: They can. Yeah. The I, collective I mean, chat room. The chat room can really like uh, I, I remember when I when I started, especially like The chat room can like just immediately take the wind out of your sails. If you're if you like look down, you see like one mean comment in the chat. You're like, oh, no. And then you can't stop thinking about it Mm -hmm. as you're podcasting. Uh, Like that can be my
1: train of thought for sure.
0: Yeah. Like when Um, I'm looking at
1: the chat and they're like, what's that behind Melissa? They haven't done that. But if they ever do, I will be really scared. (laughs) And I've thought about that before. Like what happens if someone were to like sneak into my room in the middle of a podcast and just like and I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, yeah, it, I, it started. I thought about that during a podcast. I was like, what if someone comes in and the chat room's like, Melissa, look behind you. Um, yeah, I don't even know why I thought that during a podcast, but I did. And those are the those are just like the the great, you know, introspective thoughts of Melissa during podcasting.
0: <laughs> yeah, if, ever, if I ever catch Melissa not paying attention again, you know what she's thinking.
1: <laughs> just looking back at the door every two seconds yeah well, so there's no one there
0: <laughs> well you know that i have always been your biggest supporter i think you're great i don't think Thank that you. the negative comments should affect you at all uh and i think i think as time goes on you've only gotten better and i think you will only continue to get better uh so uh, i think there are good things ahead of you uh in the, in the podcasting you. world so i hope so Yes, uh, but what what do you what do you do outside of podcasting? Like what like what is what is a day in the life of Melissa Denny outside of a, a podcast?
1: Um, hmm. Well, lately, barely anything because uh, <laughs> I've been watching the feeds and watching the show and wa- doing the podcast and all that and working. Uh, but I am also a very big foodie. Um, I'm a member of Yelp Elite. I don't know if you Ooh. know what that is, but well, I remember you, know, you telling me
0: about this in L.A.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Yelp elite. Very important. Uh, You get a lot of free stuff. Like they paid for a trip to Vegas for me, like all expenses paid. You know, you get to uh, they get all the restaurants, all the shows, everything was paid for. It was awesome. Um, And you basically just have to be like, really good about writing a lot of reviews and like good quality reviews and have people like enough of your reviews that you can get nominated to be on Yelp elite. And you get to go to events and stuff. And so basically, I love trying out new food places. Love it. Um, Any sort of all different kinds of food types, everything. I love food. I just love food. I love it. Uh, So lots of that. Um, A lot of uh, traveling lately. Just um, I'm going to be going to Japan soon. Oh, wow. So I'm very excited about that. Um, And that'll be a very interesting trip. Um, And actually, unfortunately, it's during the finale. I will be gone. Uh Uh-oh i know so yeah that's (laughs) i'm gonna be like trying to like check the live feeds like internationally um it's gonna be bad but uh yeah so that's fun i travel like to travel a lot and just go you know day trips whatever going to new york again soon hopefully not as depressing as it was before but you know new york is great to visit i don't mean to bash new york it's very great very fun to visit um but to live there for me it just wasn't for me i Mm -hmm. i like la um yeah, so those are things I like. I love TV, just a lot of TV. Very into it. Um, TV, movies, everything. Just kind of regular, a regular life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A normal,
0: as you said. A normal life. A normal.
1: Yeah. I'm just a normal.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> to tie uh, it back to my intro.
0: Yes, uh I always like to to tie it back in. Uh this is a very meaningful tie in. Uh, you yes, know, you started normal. out normal and you're ending normal.
1: <laughs> Still very normal even with the podcast.
0: Yeah. all right well uh thank you so much for uh for talking with me this has been so much fun uh i feel like we could just like do this and not have it recorded (laughs) we
1: we really could have been like oh shoot we didn't record the whole time
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) well uh i hope everyone enjoyed this conversation uh it it was a lot of fun for me um i think this is probably the first time a lot of you are hearing anything about her so uh don't be too mean
1: Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're gonna get a lot of like, why would I even want to listen to that? Oh, (laughs) Melissa's on it. Who cares?
0: Uh, She should have had someone else on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh, do we have a hashtag for this podcast?
1: Oh gosh. Do hashtag
0: normal. (laughs)
1: Uh... (laughs) Hashtag a normal. (laughs) A normal, yeah.
0: (laughs) Or uh, Coco Calypso.
1: Oh boy. I feel like we did that one before I think we did actually I actually think that was Something we already used Yeah Um, What would be a good one That's tough Hashtags are tough We need the chat room
0: it's exactly, exactly
1: The chat room uh-huh. needs to tell us
0: Alright I think the chat room Is saying a normal
1: Alright I'll agree with the chat room <laughs> which,
0: which will be spelled out like a normal I don't know A normal Is that a term A <laughs> normal like feel like, like uh but now
1: i feel like i don't know english anymore like so. asexual but a normal <laughs> normal <laughs> oh, no boy. it's
0: abnormal that's what i'm
1: thinking <laughs> wow we are morons <laughs> <laughs> no look look
0: dictionary definition a normal not normal wow that's perfect
1: wow so i am a normal but i'm also a yes
0: yeah, perfect descriptor. All right. <laughs> wow. Um, little bull. So, uh, You can find the Terran Show on iTunes. Uh, just uh, search for it, the Show, Taran Show. T A R A N. Subscribe, uh, rate, uh, rate it. Uh, if you if you have a, a, a funny review or even a nice one, maybe I'll start reading some nice ones because this is again like this sort of thing. I'm like I'm rewarding the funny writing, but now I'm just encouraging people to like write jokes in my reviews the entire <laughs> time. Uh, maybe I'll read some some nice ones. Yeah, Hold encourage on. the nice. <laughs> oh, look at this! Look at this! Incredible content. I've never rated or made a review for Rob has a podcast, but this podcast has had such incredible and important conversations so far. And I'm thoroughly impressed. I would specifically like to give out a shout out to Brent and Jordan and then now Melissa, obviously, obviously. Uh, their podcast for being very transparent and having compelling stories. I hope the guests continue to be incredible. Obviously, they have been uh, as they can have in the first few
1: episodes. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, the big letdown is coming. <laughs> my re- my uh, interview is coming up next. They're going to be like, "All right, I'm taking away the five stars. One star. Who <laughs> <Yeah>. is this?" <laughs>
0: well, the problem my problem with like reading nice reviews is like I feel really like weird reading things that are said about me that are not like, like, I I feel weird. Like, uh, like, Oh, and and discussing important, having important conversation, like, are my conversations important? important?" Like, (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, I like that you think so, but I feel weird saying it myself.
1: And now you feel like you have like to keep up with it, you know? Oh
0: yeah. Well, you know,
1: I, I, I feel like, uh,
0: I feel like the strength Of this podcast And you know Maybe this is too Inside base I feel like It's it's just like Especially for The listeners Rob as a podcast Or who watch reality shows Like it's it, This is just like A place to be like real, you know, like, yeah. it's like these, these are like people and we're just having conversations. Uh, and sometimes they're just like fun conversations that are kind of like get to know you like this yeah. one. And sometimes they're like, you know, true crime, like Brent, uh, Yeah, or it's like you've personal, really run the gamut, personal growth or discovery with Jordan. Like, uh, I don't know. It's, I feel like there's, there's a lot of room for all kinds of conversations to be had on this podcast. And you know, you don't have to listen to them all. You don't have to like them all, but, um, like I sort of said in the beginning, it's almost more for my benefit than anyone else's. I just enjoy <laughs> having these conversations so uh, no, i'm, I'm glad to have the platform to have them and and thank you again for coming on this has been so much yeah, fun.
1: yeah thank you for inviting me i was very happy and very surprised
0: <laughs> uh where can people find you on yelp so they can get your restaurant reviews
1: it's tough to find people on yelp i'm not gonna Is lie it? because yeah they just go by first name and last initial okay like they purposely keep it like pretty anonymous but i'm sure you can uh find me somewhere if people want to know i can uh point them in that direction
0: okay yeah i i somehow. Wa- I, I made a yelp account once because i wanted to like r- rate restaurants for my own purpose but then i they, i discovered that you have to write a review and not just give a five, uh, like a rating and i was mm-hmm. like oh screw that i'm not writing reviews
1: that's the tough part
0: but i wanted it to remain anonymous so i uh i, I put in the name uh peter Baelish. Um, oh my god <laughs> so my yelp account is just peter b <laughs>
1: peter b oh boy yeah. so you're not even just like taryn oh wow well, i've done
0: i've done literally nothing with it I, I i just made it to test out what how the rating system was but every, every time i go on there now i have like it's not i'm not logged out so i'm just peter b <laughs> you're
1: like, who is this guy so Should,
0: just put little finger you know um okay oh, <laughs> okay so you can follow uh, me on Twitter. I'm at Armstrong Taren. You can find the podcast on website.com. You can also subscribe to the uh, Reality TV rehap-ups feed on iTunes if you want to uh, catch this and all the Big Brother coverage that we do that Melissa is on. Um, you can follow Melissa on Twitter at it's Melissa, as Rob says. Uh, <laughs> Melissa with three A's. Yeah, I feel like he, he gets little digs in on your Twitter. Handle. He
1: does, because originally when we fir- when he first like interviewed me, he's like, you should change that. And I haven't changed it. And so he's like, I think he's just like every time wants to make me feel bad about not changing it.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, look, Rob, he gives great advice. But if you don't take his advice, it's like, well, should have taken my advice.
1: Mm-hmm. So now he just <laughs> mocks me every time he says my Twitter handle.
0: It's great. At this I point, it.
1: it's too late. I'm in too deep to change it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so uh, do all the stuff on the social medias. Uh, let me know if you enjoyed this. Uh, again, the conversations that, that people have started with me just based on the conversations I've had with other people have just been so fun. Um, and uh, it, it's been really enjoyable. So um, thank you again, everyone, for joining us. Uh, hashtag ain't normal. We will see you <laughs> next time. Taryn's finding out Terran's looking deeper. That's what it's all about. It's the Terra show. So you